We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, our number two. Good to be with you today. We're with each other each and every day, weekday from 3 to 5, talking about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, in Los Angeles, Karen Bass gave her State of the City. Mayor Karen Bass gave her first State of the City address. These are some things that she had to say. We'll talk about this in a moment with our guest, Andy Bales. Hold, this is Karen Bass uh, yesterday. On her 127th day in office, Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass laid out a hopeful message that a new L.A. is on the way, one that's safer, affordable, healthier, and will take participation from all to make a reality. I cannot declare that the state of our city is where it needs to be, but I am proud to report that together we have brought change to the city of Los Angeles. We have increased urgency at City Hall. That increased urgency will be boosted by a $250 million investment to scale Bass's Inside Safe program, which clears encampments by moving the unhoused into temporary shelter. 1,000 people were housed under Inside Safe in the mayor's first 100 days. The mayor's budget proposal includes a historic $1.3 billion investment in solving homelessness. If we are going to bring people indoors from encampments, we need Angelinos to welcome new housing in their communities. I ask apartment owners again to accept vouchers. All right. So one of the priorities of Karen Bass as the L.A. mayor is that she asked for and received a state of emergency to have some emergency powers to deal with the homeless in uh, Los Angeles and other mayors and other counties are declaring similar emergencies. So it's worth taking a look to see how things are going so far. With me to talk about it is Reverend Andy Bales. He is the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission. Andy, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Hey, it's great to have you on today. It's been a while since I've had you on, and since then we have a new mayor. I think she just started the last time you were on, and uh, yeah. we were very hopeful that uh, there would be some changes made. How's it going from your it's perspective? It's going better than I could have ever. Yeah, it's going better than I could have ever hoped or, or dreamed in Los Angeles. First day she declared a state of emergency. The county uh, followed after her. Surrounding cities followed after her. She uh, quit fighting with federal judge David Carter, who ordered immediate shelter for, I think, 16,000 on Skid Row and in other areas and uh, got in the chambers with him. And and they agreed to do whatever it took to help people, especially people struggling with mental health. She moved up the care court uh, program to uh, one year uh, earlier and uh, and is doing everything she could possibly can possibly do to address homelessness. Uh, the other day at lunch, she even told me that 
not only did she believe in recovery, but she was going to adjust her budget to support faith-based recovery. So I heard a lot of that in last night's speech, and uh, it can't come soon enough because we do have a mayor now, a courageous mayor, who took on the city most devastated by homelessness in the history of the United States. We do have a mayor that tells the complete truth, and that is that our city is not okay. Uh, we needed to call a FEMA like disaster years ago in the area of homelessness. Now, you just said something I think that maybe all of our listeners don't even understand the import of what you said, that the mayor is willing to work with faith-based organizations. Uh, that's huge, isn't it? Because that's a departure from a lot of the philosophies of many politicians uh, not just here in L.A. or California, but across the nation when it comes to dealing with homelessness. Yes, that is. It's huge, especially in California, because still today, uh, L.A. is the only metropolis that I know of that doesn't participate in some way in supporting faith-based groups. Even in Seattle, maybe that's coming to an end. But even in Seattle, you could get help with uh, utilities or food for a faith-based group. You just couldn't fund a chaplain, which is understandable. Sure. Um, cities like Dallas, you certainly can get cooperation. But in L.A., uh, you know, they said, hey, we don't do things a la carte here. Uh, we're not going to help you with your sprung structure doing security. And, and as long as you continue your faith practices, you'll get no cooperation from us whatsoever. And that could be uh, going to change under uh, our mayor. And it's not just, Scott, that they won't fund faith-based groups. They won't fund recovery groups. Yes. Groups that focus on recovery, uh, they've allowed alcohol and drugs to freely flow. Uh, and it's kind of mandated by federal, state, and our local uh, self-ascribed funding. Uh, we've self-ascribed Measure H and Measure HHH to be the harm reduction model, in in my interpretation, the free flow of alcohol and drugs. Right. And she alluded to that. Three people died the other day in that kind of housing. And uh, in San Francisco, I believe 65% of the overdose deaths are happening in that kind of permanent supportive housing. It's, it's treacherous. It's not even livable right. anymore. And uh, finally, the LA Times got to the bottom of it. And I'm not sure how happy they are to discover the truth, but they at least discovered it. I think that is a remarkable and hopeful thing because, you know, we've talked about this for a long time and we've seen it. The idea that recovery is not the agenda is a big reason why there are so many tragedies and the homeless situation has gotten out of control throughout the whole state. And I've all, you know, we always ask, how bad is it going to have to get before people finally decide that we actually need to help people? So maybe we're turning that page. I believe we are turning the page. I don't think it could get any worse uh, than it has, especially now that we have Mayor Karen Bass, the courageous Karen Bass. Uh, she brings people together. She she keeps going and brings people together to uh, like no one I've ever seen to work on a problem and her detractors, she just keeps smiling and moving ahead. And that's, that's what we need. She has, I have not met her yet, but uh, she has a demeanor that when I see her on TV or I see her with people that is very friendly and she's acknowledging working hard to bring people together. And there is some, some risk politically that she would have, especially if she's going to, um, 
support the notion of recovery and that would change the idea of the housing first model. Uh, can you describe the yeah. housing first model and why that has been something that has not been very helpful? Yes, yeah, she even alluded to to that, right? Uh, yeah. She alluded to two parts of it. The drugs flowing freely and having overdose deaths needs to stop. We need recovery services uh, amplified. And she also said the the uh, uh, oh, what is it called? The, the the way that we do it right now, Scott, is they seek someone who's in the worst shape possible, and they keep seeking that person uh, for weeks while somebody who's ready to move in can't mm, move in right. until they find that particular person. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm I'm at a loss for words of, of what it, what she described, but she did describe that situation of continuing to seek a person who who can't be found while someone ate, waits and could move in today. She said that needs to end. That bureaucracy, that waiting game needs to end. We need to get people inside as quickly as possible. That That's part of the housing first harm reduction model that needs to go. And then the other part that needs to go is when when the drugs are freely flowing, gangs are in charge of the of the process and the doors are propped open and gangs move in and move people out and take over their apartment and sell drugs inside. And that that is is chaos, not just right. at uh, Skid Row Housing Trust, but but everywhere where those rules uh, reign. That's the way that that's the chaos people are living in. And that is all kinds of gangs, uh, including international cartels. And there is a lot of drug business that people are conducting right here in L.A. and across uh, the Southland. Um, and that has uh, to gangs stop. Gangs come from yeah. every neighborhood to, to deal drugs on Skid Row. When I years ago, uh, um, I helped get a gang injunction because Gangs were waiting right outside the doors of Union Rescue Mission. So we got a gang injunction against 600 gang members from all over who who were on Skid Row. 80 yeah. of them lived on my block in Pasadena. Wow. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Andy Bales. He is the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission. He also has a program here in Los Angeles on KKLA called Amazing Stories from Skid Row. And, uh, you know, something else, uh, Andy, the mayor also talked about police. Here's what she had to say. On public safety, Bass yes. campaigned on expanding the LAPD, and her new budget will do just that, boosting recruitment to grow the department from its current 9,100 to a goal of 9,500 sworn officers. My budget proposal calls for urgent action to hire hundreds of officers next year on the way to restoring the department to full strength. But Bass made it clear public safety isn't just about police officers. The mayor is launching an office of community safety. This office will build capacity for community intervention workers, social workers, clinical psychologists, and other experts to respond when law enforcement is not required. The reporter you're hearing there is Josh Haskell from ABC7 in Los Angeles, and that was Mayor Karen Bass. I thought that was also welcome news, both in, in we're going to replace the officers who have left in the budget, and we're also going to add other other help. How do you respond to that? I was thrilled to hear that because police officers have been so disrespected and so hated on the streets. They've been demoralized, and uh, they need a building back up uh, in order for us to be safe in L.A., and uh, she certainly got a lot of uh, uh, bounce back from that. Uh, I was on the network uh, station afterwards to uh, 
remark on what I thought about her speech, and she was attacked by activists who uh, didn't like that part of her speech, but I support it uh, completely. And uh, she's including the fact that we don't just need police officers. We need uh, positive social workers to go out and make calls where police officers are unneeded. But oftentimes, unfortunately, police officers are needed, and they're needed more than ever on our dangerous streets. I, I liked her remarks about, are do you, until you feel safe going outside and looking, do you look over your shoulder? No, you don't feel safe. Do you want to go to your park and enjoy it? Yes. Well, the day you can do that, we have a safe city. But until then, we don't have a safe city. She really acknowledged the fact we right now don't have a safe city. You know, I think that is something that is um I, I'm grateful for that. There's so many mayors today who are having, you know, really there's so many bad things happening. We're seeing this on the news uh, in Chicago and New York, Seattle, some other places. And sometimes the mayors come out and they say, no, everything's fine. And it's yeah. not fine. It's not fine. Yeah. No. And we need we need so much help on so many levels. I've tried to convince our police force and our sheriff's department to do what they've done in West Virginia and bring in the National Guard and go after the dealers while bringing in recovery experts to work with the people who are addicted on the streets. But no one has had the uh, audacity, I guess, uh, to take those kind of measures. But there's been some real turnarounds in cities that were overcome by opioid addiction, similar to, to the way that Los Angeles is right now. We are suffering many overdose deaths every day. Yes. So is San Francisco. And we need immediate help. Yes. And, uh, you know, one of the things that she said in her speech, and this is the one where I'm, I'm wondering if people would do it. She's pleading with uh, communities to accept housing uh, and housing for homeless people. Yeah. And that's where it, get, it gets difficult if there's not rules, right? I think that some some communities are going to say, not in my backyard. Um, Thanks for bringing that up. Because yeah. you hit the key. If you will have rules against alcohol and hard drug use, and against gang behavior, um, people will welcome the housing. But if you're going to bring in housing that just lets chaos reign, uh, the neighbors don't want that kind of housing. We, Union Rescue Mission has won over neighbors by making promises of the way our guests will behave and that we'll hold them accountable. So we get welcomed to neighborhoods after we do a lot of discussing and answer a lot of questions. But the, the housing that, that uh, Los Angeles has been doing comes with the the free free uh, use of alcohol and hard drugs and and yeah. neighbors do not want that kind of housing. Right. And you know what else is true and and I know that you know this but families who are really trying to recover they don't want to live in that kind of housing. They'd rather stay in their car. Yes, they would. Yes, and we we had families living in their cars waiting on our Angeles house to open up in in South LA. And they are thrilled. We just celebrated one year there, and you should have seen the room and hear the testimonies of the families who've, who've enjoyed the safety and sobriety and peace of living in a sober environment. Mm-hmm. It was it was remarkable. Yeah. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557 if you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. My guest is Reverend Andy Bales. He is the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission and uh, you know, Andy, this is a a a hopeful hopeful situation. There's a long way to go. There's you know a whole you know she, Mayor Bass has only been mayor for a few months. 
There's obviously a whole lot to go. You mentioned that she already receives criticism. I started to go down there. It's a in our world today where you are sort of canceled for not having the right, uh, you know, philosophy. Uh, it's brave of her to step outside of that and to say, no, we're going to acknowledge these problems and uh, start looking for recovery. What's the best ways that we can support her and other people who are in leadership who are brave enough to uh, go against uh, the narrative on these issues? Yes, keep speaking the truth. Encourage her. I've, I've encouraged her every moment I can and privately uh disagreed with her if i if i disagree i'll privately do it but publicly i'll i'll boast about how courageous our mayor is and encourage her and and vote and speak up for policies that are common sense uh, realize that she's facing i think there might be four anarchists on our city council now that That's will right. oppose her at every turn mm. and she needs all the support we can give uh and and uh um, just privately and publicly yeah. give her your support. That's an issue I think people haven't uh, understood in Los Angeles is that there are people on the city council who have manipulated their way really on there, and right. and their agenda is anarchy. Their agenda is to really not help the city. I mean, they probably wouldn't put it that way, but honestly, that is what the agenda is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and uh, you, know. you need to watch how you vote. I mean, you, people need yep. to vote, and they need to vote for people that believe in common sense, that believe in that people can make comebacks uh, and and uh, can turn their life around, and not just give in to the harm reduction, uh, enable people to stay where they are and and die in their misery. Because I can vouch for you, I work every day with. 25% of the staff of Union Rescue Mission have turned their lives around mm-hmm. uh, from addiction to sobriety and, and not only sobriety, but overcome so much to become uh, productive uh, friends and teammates. And uh, that is something that's very important. How is it going at the Union Rescue Mission and how can we best support your work there? Well, it's going well. We're, we're, uh, over capacity at every site. That's why I know we're doing something right because some of the housing on Skid Row is at 50% vacancy because of how dangerous it is. Skid Row is very dangerous, and yet Union Rescue Mission's over capacity, Angeles House is over capacity, Hope Gardens is over capacity, and we need your partnership until. Uh, others wake up and support faith-based recovery. We only have private individuals, private corporations, and foundations. And right now is is a downtime in our economy, so people are giving less. But anything you could give to URM at URM.org uh, will make a huge difference, and uh, we need your support. We, You are our partners that enable us to continue our life-saving, life-changing work and we couldn't do it without you. That's right. So you can go to urm.org, urm.org to check it out and serve or or give Andy. And Andy, your program is called uh, Amazing Stories from Skid Row. It is on KKLA, and uh, you can find it online also. What time is it on on KKLA? 9.30 p.m. every weeknight and then 5.30 on Saturdays, and you will hear firsthand of lives transformed by the power of uh, Jesus Christ. And... Uh, it's amazing to hear the comeback stories that we receive. Yeah, that is, your, the stories are incredible, and the work that is done by 
Uh, everybody at uh, URM is fantastic. Hey, Andy, can I uh, pray for you before we go in URM? And I want to pray for the mayor. Can we, do, can we do that? Yes, absolutely. Right. God, I thank you for Andy and the rescue mission, the Union Rescue Mission, and the ministry that you have there. And our hopeful conversation, God, I pray that our mayor, Karen Bass, would continue down this path of change, that she would not adopt the philosophies that are not common sense, that we know do not work, that have failed so many people in our town. We pray that she would be strong against those who are going to come after her for uh, breaking away from that line. We pray that she would have wisdom. We pray that she would um, have people around her to encourage her. I thank you for Andy. I pray that you would bless him and his health and the people who work with him and uh, everybody who is in uh, United or the Union Rescue Mission and all for our homeless in L.A. and also San Diego and uh, every town that is dealing with this issue. I pray, Lord, for wisdom and for the church and our work to help these people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Andy, thanks for being on the Pastor Scott Show today. Thank you, Pastor Scott. All right. Always great to have you. Andy Bales, and you can learn more at urm.org, Union Rescue Mission, urm.org. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. And how do you decide when to share your love? Kenya was burning. We can't let this happen. We have to do something. The children did not have food. If we don't step in, children are going to die. We had three children, four children, and the number kept on growing. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show and... What you heard was a clip from a, a movie that was created a few years ago and called, uh, uh, what was it? It's called The Mully Movie. Mully. It's called yeah. The Mully Movie. Right? Yes. And uh, I was going to interview uh, Charles Mully, who flew in from Kenya today. Correct. And uh, and I'm going to interview him for a event that's going on at the Laugh Factory, where it's raising money for the Mully Children's Family USA, and we'll talk about that. With me to talk about this is comedian Ron Pearson. Ron, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for having me, Pastor Scott. I'm uh, honored. I'm honored, especially following Andy Bales. What a what a nice lineup you've got today. You know, Andy Bales is uh, he's a hero in uh, in this town. He, he really is. He is. He is. Yeah. And. And Mully is one of my heroes, as is Andy Bales. And his story is absolutely, it's honestly riveting. It is. It's an amazing story. Can you tell us about his story? We were going to ask him, but he, he, his flight was delayed from Kenya an hour, and then uh, they lost his luggage. Then right? they lost his luggage, and then the L.A. traffic made it where he wouldn't be able to make it to the studio till after your show is over. So I'm pinch hitting, but right. uh, I'm, I'm the one throwing the uh, benefit show for him yeah. tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, funny, years ago, I watched the documentary. It's a great Christian film. And after the, watching the film, I said, you know, if there was like five people in the world I'd want to meet, this guy is one of the five. Hmm. And in uh, his story, just his background real quick, he was born in Kenya. Uh, at five years old, he wakes up in the hut in, out in the bush, and his parents and his family are gone. He's by himself. Right. They, they abandoned him. So he walked to the neighboring village, and his relatives said, we're not interested, here's some food, go away. So he raised himself on the streets of Kenya, became a multimillionaire, 
And then, after he became a multimillionaire... He, 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 it didn't happen overnight. No. You know, he walked a long way and got into business and became very wealthy. Correct. Yeah. He was one of the wealthiest men in Western Kenya at the time. And then, you know, he was already a Christian, but God really got in his head and he said, okay, I'm never working for money again. And mm-hmm. he went and started pulling kids out of the Kibera slums and some of the other slums and bringing them home to his house. So then he, it, it said in that, in that clip, pretty soon we had two kids, then we had 10 kids, then we had 30 kids. He's rescued over 26,000 kids off of the streets of Kenya. And I actually flew over to meet him huh. uh, last October. What a life-changing experience. And you really get to see the gospel in action. It is the gospel in action. And you see so many changed lives. And we, we spent a day in the Kibera slums, which was absolutely... Um, you can't, I can't even explain it. There's not even words. It is life-changing because yeah. you can't even imagine the level of poverty. And then, uh, and then he comes in and he gives them school... He's got the number one school in all of Kenya. He's so amazing. And uh, so now he's here, and we're throwing a benefit for him at the Laugh Factory. So in my mind, I was like, there's five people in the world I want to meet. He's one of them. Well, you guys out there in Los Angeles can now meet him at our event at the Laugh Factory. And we have great comedians. It's a comedy show, but we're also... uh, all the proceeds go to benefit Mully. And uh, there's another great Christian comic on with me, uh, Robert G. Lee, who's phenomenal. Mm. We also have Brian Kiley, who's great. He was the head writer for Conan. And then I also have Reuben Paul, who uh, is, he came from Haiti. His parents were missionaries from Haiti, I believe, here. Uh-huh. But they actually started a, a uh, orphanage in Haiti. But it's going to be a great show. And, uh, and Charles is going to get up and talk to the audience at the end. And you get to meet him, get photos with him and everything. It's- and he's going to do some Q&A. He's going to do Q&A yeah. as well. And if you want to get to know who this is that we're talking about, he was going to be our guest, but his flight was delayed um he you go to the website it's mully children's family usa the website is mcfus.org mcfus.org mully children's family and there is a movie that you can learn a lot it came out just a few years ago but it'll these movies you do get a sense of what's happening here you know i think uh what impresses me about his story is not only did he um leave that situation and be orphaned and then do really well in a country where it's hard to do well. Yes, you know it, it uh, is, frankly. And then God just convicted his heart, and the ministry that he is running called Mully Children's Family USA. It's a, a fun ministry. You can find it once again at mcfus.org and uh, check it out. You can uh, find links to watch the Mully movie on there. I think you'll be blessed by it. It's a it's a very good film. And uh, he's having a fundraiser. With me is Ron Pearson, who is a comedian at the Laugh Factory. And uh, maybe this isn't the place where you normally think that there would be a a Christian fundraiser for a Christian missionary. But you know what? What a great place to have it. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Let's take the light into the darkness. Uh, I was just on the phone with the owner of the Laugh Factory today. His name's Jamie Masada. He's been a good friend of mine for over 30 years. But he was—I had him watch the movie— and he can't stop talking about Molly. Hmm. He's like, Ron, everyone needs to know about this man. This man is amazing. I can't believe it. We need to support him. So, you know, it's, it's great. I believe when the light goes into the darkness, it just turns people's hearts on. And that's what kind of our goal is. We're not making this just an isolated Christian event. We're inviting others in. But we do need people to come and support. I mean, 
Christians always talk, you know, well, there's no good Christian entertainment. Well, come down, come down tomorrow night, right? Yeah. Uh, yep, you'll have a good time. It's, it's tomorrow night, April 19th. April 19th. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. And you can get tickets at the Laugh Factory. That's laughfactory.com, laughfactory.com. And look for the show with uh, Mully and me, Ron Pearson is on it. It'll be Wednesday at 7. Or you can go to uh, MCF US. .org and they have a link to it there, which would be great. And yeah. uh, I, once again, once you meet Molly, you, it, he's a life changer. He yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful man. You know, I think something you said that is so, it shouldn't be profound, but it is, that when we take the light into the dark, God does amazing things. And there's going to be people there who probably have not heard the gospel. They've not seen Christian missions and what really happens. And his story is is a powerful one of what God is doing. And I think this is a great outreach to take the time to do this. And like you said, the, uh, what's his name? The owner of the Laugh Factory. Jamie Masada. Right. You know, he's impacted by the love of Christ and what it means here. And this is something I think for all of us in our areas, we've got the light of Christ with us. Do we take it into our workplace? Do we take it outside the walls of our church? You know, or is it just a Sunday morning thing and we hope people show up to church it happens sometimes, but you know, Jesus, it's an interesting thing, Ron. Jesus never said, I want you to buy some property and uh, build a structure and hope that people show up. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he sent us out. Go out. And uh, <laughs> that's what you're doing. Tell us about yourself, Ron. Well, I grew up in Seattle and uh, I, w- I started juggling at the age of 10 hmm. as a street performer. But at the time I was 15, I had a world record. I said on the Jerry Lewis telethon, I was the fourth best juggler in the world at 19. So I dropped out to become a street performer. Not all of us make the right life choices. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you become the fourth best juggler? Is there a list that somebody's well, keeping? Well, I dropped you know, uh, too somewhere? much in the competition. There's a world competition. Oh, there's an actual, yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. you know, there's a website somebody's got. Yeah, yeah, He's like, no. yeah, you know, you're number four. <laughs> yeah, so I went to the world competition. Oh, all right. That. Well, that's and, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I, then you made a life decision to become a street performer. Street performer. Well, I went to Europe first and performed in France and Germany, and then I moved to San Diego. On my 21st birthday, I moved to Los Angeles, hmm. and uh, I've been playing comedy clubs and theaters. I also I've done a few. Um, uh, we did two Christian. Th- I've done three Christian DVDs. Uh, two uh, call for Apostles of Comedy. Uh, me, yeah. Jeff Allen, Brad Stein, Anthony Griffith, and we did huge tours across the country in churches and theaters. And uh, but you know, I believe. Listen to this. I believe. You know, I I could be a Christian comic and just stay in that world, or you can go out. So I've been out in the secular world most of my career, Mm -hmm. and I believe that culture chases the money. Sure does. And and the better clean acts do and the better church-oriented acts do, all of a sudden— other performers start gravitating that direction. The mm. culture starts gravitating that direction. Uh, for example, when The Passion was made, the movie The Passion, right? right. He, Mel Gibson tried to shop it to multiple uh, studios. Everybody passed, so he said, I'll pay for it myself. Right. It was such a big hit that all the studios started putting faith divisions in their studios. Fox Faith mm-hmm. came out of that. So. You know, culture. And we're seeing success now. We in a are lot of Christian movies. You, we are. are being made well, which I think we, matters. It's got to yes, be good. I agreed. Yeah, but it also means Christians need to support, like supporting our event 
tomorrow night will help the owner see, wow, this Christian event did really, really well. This guy's a powerful guy. Um, when you see other Christian performers or Christian films, if you go and, and you know, as long as, like you say, they need to be good. I think Christians had a, a real long history of being mediocre in, in our arts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's really I think it's changing. changing. It's really changing. Yeah. Like uh, Jeff Allen, my good friend, he's one of the best comics I've ever worked with. We and had I worked Jeff at our church uh, one time. No, there it's you a go. Great comic. He's there hilarious. He called me earlier today. We're 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 good buddies. You know, we did many two two DVDs together. Mm. And uh, Anthony Griffith, a, a great Christian comic. We had perhaps. him at our church. Yeah, they, We've had did? everybody but you at our church. Apparently. What's what's going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's my daughter's godfather, actually. Oh, no kidding. Yes, no kidding. Yes, we go way way back. That's he's, really he's great. a great guy. Well, Ron, tell us before we go again about uh, what we're talking about here. We were going to have uh, Mully with us on the show. He couldn't be here, but he will be at the Laugh Factory tomorrow night. Yes, and uh, Mully is a uh, Kenyan and Kenyan man who started a mission in Kenya. Uh, started off poor, lost his parents and a uh, an orphan, and he has started a mission in Kenya that is uh, very successful at helping. Uh, orphans find a home, and it's called uh, the world's largest family. It's called Molly's Children's Family USA. You can find information at mcfus.org. And tomorrow night, the Laugh Factory is a fundraiser for him. Is a fundraiser for him. He will be there. You'll get to meet him. Watch the movie, Molly movie. It's actually free on YouTube. You can yeah. watch it on YouTube, or if you have Amazon Prime, it's free on that too. It will. It's such a life changer. It changed my life so much. I wanted to. I flew to Kenya to meet the man. Yeah, and uh, I'm so excited. He's here. I didn't get to see him yet today, but I'll see him tomorrow and the next day. Uh, come meet him yourself. Go to LaughFactory.com. LaughFactory.com. Tomorrow night, seven p.m. Wednesday night, seven p.m. LaughFactory.com or MCF US, and you can get tickets there too. Right, and there's links to the Mully movie right there at MCSU MCF. Uh, as in family, Mully Children's Family USA, so mcfus.org. You can watch the Mully movie, uh, Mully movie, M-U-L-L-Y, movie at yeah. a link from there. And there's also a ticket link at that same website. And I think it would be really important to have your church hire me now. I think. I guess so. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to figure that out, to, you know, what, what the next step is. Thanks, Ron, for being with us today, and thanks for what you're doing to support uh, this ministry. Thank you. God bless you. All right. This Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Pastor Scott Show Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great day today on the Pastor Scott Show. Lots of guests, lots of different people. And uh, I'm really glad that you are listening, Ron, each and every day from 3 to 5. And it's great to be here with you. And uh, before our last guest, or Ron Pearson, we had on Andy Bales, who is the CEO of the Rescue Mission. And uh, someone's been on hold for a while who wants to tell his, his story about the Rescue Mission. Garth in L.A., you still with us? Hey, Garth, you with us? Yeah. Hey, Hello? Hey, thanks for holding. You've got a story about uh, Union Rescue Mission. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Wow. My name's Garth Miller. Yeah. And uh, I was at the rescue uh, mission from uh, 1997 uh, to, like, almost 2000. And um, Netta Gills is, uh, was a counselor there. Yeah. And um, she helped me. I, I mean, it's real short, but 
she was a, a good girl and she helped me get housing and she um put me like on the the right path yeah so you were a home you were homeless and uh the they helped you at the union rescue mission yeah i mean there's a lot of creek yeah we we lost you there uh garth but uh, you know what there is a lot of crazy uh crazy stuff going on down there at the rescue mission but uh, good stuff in ministry but people in the in who are dealing with homelessness who are struggling and i'm really glad to hear uh, your story there uh, we didn't get to hear all of it because you got dropped there. But, but you know, the fact that you, this many years later, are still with us is a big deal. You know, as Andy said, there are three people died. I think he said, what did he say, Wilbur, just like this yesterday? Did he say yesterday? Yeah, and there I was think so, another yeah. day where there were five people over the weekend die. And this is, we're only talking about the Skid Row area. And, uh, you know, so that is, uh, it's really significant that. Um, when you hear the stories, and this is why recovery matters. And when we were talking about this before, and, and, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, Andy talked to us about how he thinks that Mayor Bass in Los Angeles is is doing well because she is not beholden to the philosophy that, in a lot of people's opinion, including my own opinion, has, the philosophy is one of the reasons we have so many problems. Uh, this is the philosophy in a nutshell. Uh, here is uh, Governor Newsom himself. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. See, that's a person who doesn't understand at all what is going on. And this is why half the homeless people in the United States, I think, now live in California. 17,000 people just in L.A., and I think so far under the emergency order by uh, the mayor here, it is uh, only a, a thousand people have been housed. So that's progress. Like that's movement in the right direction. At least people aren't on the street. Other cities that have major you know, homeless populations, they are able to get them off the street. New York has a very large homeless population. However, the, they have a rule about housing and they've done better. We have struggled. Uh, and the reason we've struggled is that. And you hear the philosophy there, you know, who doesn't need to just, you know, uh, self-medicate like that's something that's okay. You know, I know a lot of people go home from work and they'll have a beer or they'll do something. But if if your attitude is that I'm self-meditating, that I just need to drown out my whatever, well, that's how addictions begin, right? That's how it's not just I'm enjoying a beverage, an adult beverage. I am doing something to self-medicate because I don't want to deal with whatever it is. And, you know, some people do that moderately, but other people get into a trap and it leads to drugs and it leads to other stuff. And now the drugs just kill you, the fentanyl and the other stuff and the philosophy of what's called harm reduction, which is what leads to these areas where we actually help uh, homeless people do drugs in a safer environment. So there is a philosophy that is against actually helping people get clean and sober. You know, the governor just calls that a fantasy. The idea of clean and sober, which is crazy. And many of you listening, many, many people who are listening right now, you've been to a place in your life where you were not sober and you were on your way to death and destruction. And the reason you're still here now is because you got sober. Because sobriety is something that you knew you eventually became convinced or you got arrested and put in prison. There's some way that you ended up getting sober. And the reason you're here now is because you did that, because the truth of it is, if we do not push for recovery 
And if we push for some notion that, you know what, everybody has a right to destroy themselves with drugs and that we're just going to help you do that. The harm reduction idea is we're going to let you OD, but there's going to be a nurse standing nearby who will uh, shoot you with a drug to keep you from uh, dying. But we're going to provide you with a safe place to do your drugs and not tell you to not take drugs. One of the things that the mayor is doing apparently is crossing the line to say that, you know what, we're going to support recovery. Because what was happening is organizations like Union Rescue Mission and some other ones that obviously they have many of these organizations, although not all, but many of them have a religious, um, particularly Christian uh, side to them, you know, and and uh, which I think also is something that is incredibly important. You have to know that you are loved and that you have value. That's part of recovery, right? It's it's not just some kind of physical notion of I'm no longer getting, you know, high. It's that I'm no longer getting high because I'm loved by God, because I now understand that the Lord loves me, that I have forgiveness, I have grace, and I have purpose. All of those things come together. Well, those things aren't allowed, so often. And the the notion that maybe in Los Angeles, and you need to listen, uh, mayors of all the other towns, if you're convinced um, by the philosophy that doesn't work, you need to listen that this works. And I don't know, maybe there'll be some blessing. We're talking about the housing issue. And right down the street from the Union Rescue Mission on Skid Row is a, a building that a few months ago in the LA Times, they had a story about how there are 400 beds or something available in there and they can't get anybody to move in. And the reason they can't get anybody to move in is because it's not safe, because they don't have any rules. There's no rules about sobriety. There's no rules about drug use. There's no rules about prostitution. There's no rules about other criminal activity. And why on earth, if you're a person who wants to do better, if you're a person who wants to have a chance to recover, if you are a family, there's lots of families whole families or moms with kids who just need a roof over their head and a little bit of help. Why in the world would you move in there and you're putting your kids in a worse situation? And it's shocking. It's shocking that that is something that is misunderstood. I think it's a spiritual darkness. So this is an area to keep praying um, and to not give up hope. I, you know, I feel like when we do topics like this, so often we give up hope. And I understand it seems like a hopeless situation. There is so much loss and so much bad philosophy on so many different things and a, and a complete misunderstanding of, of humanity. And not just from a Christian perspective, but from any perspective, right? And we don't seem to understand humanity just biologically these days, if you're following the news that is going to lead to destruction because reality is persistent. Reality, physical reality is persistent. Biological reality is consistent. And I believe firmly that spiritual reality is consistent and that it matters and that there is an evil one. And that evil one has some purposes. All of them are anti-God and they're also anti-people. And a lot of our philosophies when it comes to homelessness and drug use has become anti-people. That's why we would become against recovery or have the notion that uh, you know, a person has a right to slowly kill themselves with these drugs. And suddenly we're supporting – and I could just go on a rant you know, for all of these things. And suddenly we're supporting the criminal activity that we talked about that infests our city. All of this you – know, there's a whole lot of angles to it, but this needs to change. 
And hopefully we've seen, you know, some movement where it'll change. We've talked today on our show, both hours, of the pressure that is on the people who might speak up against things that aren't true. We talked with Jennifer Say from Levi's in the first hour who lost her job because she spoke up for kids who weren't in school when it was really clear that children needed to be in school during the COVID. And everybody knew that. And she was proven right at the end of the day and took an awful lot of loss in the meantime. We have to be brave that way. And I think one of the lessons for all of this is that I think most of us listening agree or could come to a place of agreement when it comes to policy and things like that. We just don't speak up. We vote for the people who are against the policies because we vote for D's and R's, or we don't vote at all, which is the case for more than half of us. And in the meantime, it's not just about voting. In the meantime, we don't take the time to speak up. Can I encourage you in your environment, wherever you are, just speak the truth in love. You can be bold. You can you know, do it in a way that isn't hysterical or that isn't something that's going to you know, offend people in another way. You know, be, you know, be offensive because you're being truthful, uh, not because you're being untruthful or that you're sharing the truth in, in anger. Share it in love. And I want to encourage you to do that. All right, folks, I'm glad that you listened to the Pastor Scott Show. By the way, the KKLA Pastor's Breakfast is coming up if you're in the Los Angeles area or even if you just want to travel and come to that. It is May 10th. It is at Porter Ranch, uh, in Porter Ranch in Los Angeles. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you're a pastor or a church staff uh, member or a ministry leader at your church, this is for you. It is a free event, free breakfast. And our guest speaker is uh, Bishop Dr. Kenneth Ulmer, and he's going to challenge pastors. It is coming up on May 10th at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the show starts at 9 o'clock. The event starts at 9 o'clock. You can, doors open at 8 o'clock. I want to encourage you to be there. I'll be there. Go to kkla.com. Click on the banner to learn more. All right, Pastor Scott Show. Get the podcast, Apple or Spotify. Pastor Scott Show, God bless you. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great night.